ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Good evening, everybody. What's up? What's going on? What's good? This is the Boxing Source here checking in on February 6, 2022. And this is the Boxing Source radio show. I am your host, James Bell, the leader of the Boxing Source on social media. You can catch much, much, much more through the Boxing Source on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, you know, we're on Twitter as well. Uh, of course, we have a YouTube channel, so you can follow the YouTube channel. We would greatly appreciate it if you follow us uh, through those social media platforms. We got a few things here that we're going to be talking about uh, here in this particular podcast. As, of course, see the main topic, Keith Thurman, he's back, he's in the ring, and he is ready to try to return to glory and become world champion once again. His first step, though, was last night when he stepped into the ring to face Mario Barrios. Yes, Mario Barrios, who was a former WBA world champion at 140 pounds. He did move up to 147. He's a tall guy, you know, 5'10", 5'11", or whatever it is. And, of course, you know, he could, you know, be there at 147 pounds uh, as he was down at 140. We've seen a few guys, you know, that have had around that, you know, height, 5'10", 5'11", be able to make 140 pounds before. So you got, you know, uh, Mario Barrios uh, in here at 147, uh, you know, taking on Keith Thurman, the former unified welterweight champion. He was the... WBA welterweight champion and unified with the WBC as he defeated Danny Garcia. Uh, you know, injuries had put him on the sidelines for a good little while, which, you know, made him uh, vacate the WBC version of the welterweight titles. And then when he got back, you know, he you know, faced Jose Lopez. And then he faced Manny Pacquiao in summer of 2019, ended up losing a close decision bout and had not been in the ring since. But then he came back. Came back against Mario Barrios. You know, had himself a, a pretty good performance uh, there against Mario Barrios, you know, trying to get a lot of things out of his system as far as, like, rest and things are concerned. But, you know, we looked uh, pretty good there against Barrios. A couple of times, you know, he was able to hurt Barrios, but, you know, did not, you know, seriously uh, – have uh, Barrios in trouble where he would have uh, been able to score knockdowns on Mario Barrios. But either way, he was able to get himself a unanimous decision victory over Mario Barrios. And, you know, now that 
you know, moves his record to 30 wins and one loss, of course, that long loss to Manny Pacquiao. Um, you know, the thing about it is um, a, a few fans look like they were trying to see uh, where Keith Thurman is at this particular point of his career because, yes, it has been a two-and-a-half-year layoff for Keith Thurman. And, you know, he had had a long stretch of time being among the top fighters in the welterweight division. And like I said, he was a former unified welterweight champion. And, you know, immediately after the fight, you know, he kind of like said that he wants to get himself back in the race as far as like being a world champion. So he will want to try to get himself in the ring against world champions, which we will talk about a little bit here, but Wanted to, you know, go into a little bit more about, you know, this particular fight as far as like, you know, Keith Thurman. Um, you know, we I, I just wanted to see like how he was. Uh, there was something where he, you know, me have like re-injured himself if he was going to have that happen in this particular fight. Um, or, you know, if there was something else that could have, you know, potentially gone wrong with Keith Thurman in this particular fight. But... He was able to get through 12 rounds without, you know, any problems there against Mario Barrios. Pretty much like beat up Mario Barrios, um, you know, kind of like look like uh, Mario Barrios' face uh, was not, you know, really good uh, there. Particularly uh, his nose was uh, getting touched up a good little bit uh, in, in this particular fight. Um, but, you know... I feel like, you know, Keith Thurman kind of like built himself up to like say that, hey, I'm one of the, you know, more exciting or more flamboyant fighters in the welterweight division. And with me getting back, you know, you know, I've had the ratings over the years, people are interested in me. You know, I kind of like, you know, I asked them. Uh, in the uh, conference call, like, what is it about Keith Thurman that has, you know, fans excited to see him? And he said, like, you know, he gives it his all in his fights that, you know, he you never, you know, feel like um, it's a fight that, you know, maybe it, you're not going to be uh, that much interested in or anything like that. So thing about it is, is that, you know, Keith Thurman kind of, you know, brought himself in here and, and you know, kind of like showed that he could, you know, try to get at these other welterweights that are at the top of the welterweight division. Um, you know, right now, want to see if I could get in a couple of guests and want to talk about Keith Thurman and Mario Barrios. Uh, first, I uh, want uh, uh, the guy from who may claim, may lay claim to the hottest Twitter spaces out there. Uh, that's our guy, uh, Lefty, uh, is coming in the building. And then, Checking in um, from Philly is uh, brother uh, Jamil, I think it is. So, um, you know, first lefty in the building. What's going on, man? What's up? You all right? Can you hear me? I'm on the yeah, laptop. You, bro. you hear me? My audio good? Yeah, all good. Okay. I'm on the laptop. Wanted to make sure. Yeah, that's what's up. Emil, what's happening? Yo, Jamil, you in? Uh, looks like uh you know Jamil, your uh audio is not coming through uh all too bad. Um lefty man, what 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 did you uh, think about the um 
Thurman performance against Mario Barrios there? I thought it was a decent performance for being off two years. I wasn't really too impressed. Was hoping he'd get the stoppage. That would have been impressed me more. But he got rounds in, which he needs. But yeah. you know, it was it was all right. all right. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had what he won like ten rounds in a couple of cards and nine rounds in another card. Uh, yeah. You know, he he, you know, like you said, he was trying to get you know most of the rust off and everything like that. Um, you know, trying to see if he could work on a few things. If he, you know, tried to. Uh, import you know a few a uh, few uh strategies i guess or try to do some new moves uh there over the course of those rounds i don't think he was really in much trouble against mario barrios anyway so he probably felt like he could do or try a few things uh in a sense um you know and you know it ended up pretty you know pretty good for him i mean he's there healthy he could you know pretty much turn turn around and have another fight pretty much in the next what four months four or five months or so you know yeah. so we that could would be see nice. again July, August. Yeah, but you, you think he's going to come back that quick? Because uh, about, keep, you're not going to get him too many tune-ups. Right. You know. Right. I don't think so, um, given that you know Keith Thurman said that he wants to get himself right back in the world title picture. Um, and uh, I think it was uh, Keith Eilig, uh that asked Keith Thurman about, you know, who – he would potentially fight next. Um, and he was, you know, aiming towards a fight against the winner of Errol Spence and your Dennis Ugas. Yeah. You know, you felt like it was, you know, of course, an easier fight to make. Um, they, they all end up fighting in a couple of months. So, you know, after that particular fight, you have that winner uh, turning around and probably fighting in, what, maybe September? They could probably have a fight in September or October, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be nice. Um but also, the winner of that is supposed to fight the, the mandatory for the WBA, right? Yeah, uh, you know, we're trying to see what ha- what's going to happen with that. With uh, I think it's uh, Butayev, um there who you know beat Jamal James, and then uh, of course, uh, you know who uh, Ugas was supposed to fight. Uh, they pretty much like gave him a step aside money for him to you know. Uh, Iamana Sandionis, you know, gave him a step aside in order to make, you know, Spence versus Ugas. So, um, so you got Sandionis and you got Butayev. They're going to end up fighting. And then whoever wins that is going to end up being a WBA mandatory. So um, they would have to, you know, figure out how to get that arranged. Unless if they make something up as far as like, you know, it being the WBA super champion and that having some different rules in comparison to, like a WBA champion, you know? So um, that's going to be another thing there that we're going to watch out for in the welterweight division is how they're going to handle that WBA situation, you know? Yeah, hopefully they got enough money where they can keep paying my man step aside. I mean, yeah, they could, you know, they'll have, you know, the money to pay pay whoever it is uh, step aside, um, you know, in, in order to make that happen or, uh, you know, the guy like Sandy Onis or whatever it is just has to watch out and not not lose. You know, you had uh, that other situation with the IBF, you know, with the Abdul Kakarov being the number one contender for a good amount of time, and then he ended up losing to Cody Crowley. So yeah, I mean, which was a good thing because that that's just showing he's not those guys are not on that level. They ain't beat nobody right. to prove that they're on that level to be getting those shots. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know. 
Um, so you know, it, it's about you know seeing if I mean, know, even if it, if, if it was me, if 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 it kind of if Spence's choice is Boutier, Thurman, or Crawford, then you drop the belt. Yeah, you know. You don't even waste your time, man. You don't waste yeah. your time with no boots. Yeah, you just yeah, you don't waste your time with boots here. If you just end up dropping the belt, like you know, um, especially if the WBA had you know their situation like the IBF does. If you know when the IBF enforces their mandatory, that's it. You you can't have like any other you know thing happening. Um, yeah. You have to face the IBF mandatory, or else you drop the belt. So the so WBA, um, who is it? Uh, Gilberto Mendoza. Uh, has that you know same thing then um you know we might see it there uh yo shout out to uh ty, ty in the building here on the live chat man what, what's happening with you um but you know back to the thing with keith thurman man um you know he looked you know he looked pretty good um do you consider him as probably still among those top five or six in the welterweight division yeah yeah Excuse me. And basically for the simple fact, like what we were just talking about, these other guys, like the Boutiers, the, the um, uh, what's the other guy that beat um, Stanky owners, all of them, we don't really know how good they are because they ain't fought nobody to prove how good they are. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think I, I heard it, uh, I think uh, earlier that the welterweight division uh, doesn't really seem as deep as, you know, some may think it is. It's not. It's yeah, not. You know, uh, you know, we named the fighters, we named the Errol Spence, we named the Jordana Sukas, we named Terrence Crawford, Keith Thurman, Boots Ennis, um, you know, Virgil Ortiz. And then after that, you know, you, you, you're yeah. going to have to see, okay, who else is out there in the welterweight division that could stand out as like yeah. a top 10 fighter? Like, I mean, people could say like Connor Ben. It's not like, like 140, 140, 140, 140 you know? is, is, is deep. Yeah, 140, 140 is deep, but you know, um, 147, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure about all that. Um, you know, some people could say that 135 could be uh, a deeper division yeah. than 147. Yeah, it's getting real you deep know? at 135. Um, I say that. that. Right. So I, I, I'll put it this way: like, if we have, um, we go by the transnational rankings thing or whatever it is. This is their bottom five in the welterweight division. Danny Garcia, Utaev, Crowley, Avangian, and Connor Ben. So that that's that's you know what you have there in the welterweight division as far as like top guys or, or whatnot. And you know, it just don't, just doesn't look like um you know there's much of welterweight uh other than those, you know, guys at the top. So uh, as of right now, it, it's it's more of a story of you know Spence Ugas, uh, whoever Terence Crawford is going to end up fighting, um, you know Boots in this, you know, and 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 whatever Virgil Ortiz does later on down the line, um, yeah. you know, as he you know uh, fights for that top spot in the WBO. So um, yeah, that didn't you know look all too hot uh, there as far as like the depth for the welterweight division. Um, Going into the the um, co-feature belt, you did have you know former one thirty pound champion, uh, you know current like one twenty six pound champion. I don't know why they still call him the champion one twenty six. Leo Santa Cruz faced Michael Carbajal. Um, pretty much got like a, a 
sweeping victory, landed, outlanded Carvajal, you know, uh, pretty much like 200 to like 106 or something like that. Uh, and, you know, that was pretty, what, uh, like 130 is what they kind of like uh, considered this particular fight to be at. But um, Leo Santa Cruz does plan on going back down to 126 pounds to defend that WBA title that he has. And, you know, I'm just uh, trying to figure out, okay, who, who's he going to end up facing? Hmm. He's going to face the uh, winner of Wood versus Conlon, right? Uh, it could be Wood versus Conlon, yeah. Um, you know, they have their fight coming up. Um, I, and I'm like, yo. Or well, the guy that just fought um, Gary Russell. He could. Now, if that ends up happening, that would really kind of like <laughs> strike some people, <laughs> strike a match in some people. Because all this time, y'all couldn't have a unification bout at 126. And now you could potentially have a, you know, unification bout at 126. You know, that's, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Um, what was it? Uh, Ty says that maybe uh, Regis Prograce needs to be there at 147 to kind of like maybe, you know, spice it up a little bit. Maybe we could see later on down the line, even, uh, you know, the current undisputed champion at 140, Josh Taylor moved up to 147. That could be uh, something else uh, there that we could uh, look uh, look out for. We, in order to- we just don't even want to uh, <laughs> uh, move up. He Man, he is stuck I don't at... Know what do you want to do? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like he could have... He remember he could have had the fight at the catch weight, you know, um, before the whole lockdown started uh, against Maurice Hooker. That didn't happen. Then he had that whole thing that was on, uh, you know, Triller or whatever it was. And then ever since then, it really hasn't been much. Now he's what under pro bellum or something like that. Yeah. And still got to line up a fight for him. And they haven't done that as of yet, as far as I've seen. Um, but yeah, I, he I has think, a fight coming up. He, he's yeah. fighting on uh Sonny's undercard. Who he's fighting on Sonny Edwards' undercard coming up. Oh man, yeah. So the thing is, is like, oh, uh, now he's you know putting himself in this particular position where he's fighting on uh undercards in Dubai against Tyrone McKenna uh next month, yeah. you know. Um <laughs> And this is like what? Uh, yeah, this is a pro bellum, you know, another one of those pro bellum uh, presentations. So you have, you know, uh, you know, like you said, Sonny Edwards against Muhammad Wasim, and then Oshaki Foster is also uh, part of this card against Muhammad Kuja Yakubov. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Muhammad Kuja Yakubov. I said it. Um, but you know, even even with that. Uh, they still put him there at super lightweight. <laughs> uh, Regis Prograce. He, I don't know, unless if he's going to say that, hey, I'm going to have a rematch against Josh Taylor, then I don't see what the point of him, you know, staying at super lightweight is. Unless it maybe, maybe Josh Taylor is going to move up and all those titles are going to be vacated and I could have a shot to win one of those or two of those titles, you know? Yep. But, like, I, I still don't understand why he would, you know, I guess he still, you know, feels like he could do that. So that's why he, you know, was trying to stay there 
at um, 140 pounds. But, you know, um, kind of like uh, back into that thing there with um, Leo Santa Cruz. So you're saying that maybe maybe they could finally have that uh, unification bout at 126, you know, with, yeah. uh, I guess, uh, Leo Santa Cruz against Mark McSidle. Yeah, I just saw that uh, uh, that uh, Filipino dude tweeted out. Um, you know which one I'm talking about? I can't think of his name. He's a Filipino reporter. Oh, man. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Man, it, not Ryan. No. no. Not Raph. Not Raph. Not Boogs either. Uh, mm. I can't think of his name. He got the bald head. No, yeah, anyway, he just tweeted out. He, he was uh, next to Mark McZio at the fight yesterday. And he mm. called Leo over and said, let's fight next. Well, I mean, you know, that could, you know, be a potential thing there that uh, Manny Pacquiao Promotions and Sean Gibbons could, you know, try to work at or work on. Um, I didn't even watch Leo fight, tell you the truth, man. I, I was watching uh, Bam versus Quadra. Oh, yeah, that, you know, that one was, a, you know, a pretty good one there, um, especially with, uh, you know, Bam Rodriguez. He was able to get that win and be, you know, WBC champion. He, you know, stepped in uh, there and defeated Carlos Quadras. You know, we'll talk about that real quick. And, yeah, I was impressed with him, extremely impressed. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, kind of was impressed with his performance too. But on the flip side, this is what, uh, another fight where Carlos Quadras falls short, you know. Um, you know, we kind of like is viewed as, you know, one of those top fighters in the division. But uh, when it comes to, you know, big fights, uh, he does end up coming up short. And here against, you know, someone that kind of like came in as a, you know, kind of like a replacement, he still didn't, you know, come through. But, you know, big up to, you know, Bam Rodriguez. He is the youngest current uh, world champion there winning the WBC title. Um, I think there was someone on Twitter that <laughs> posted uh, something uh, fairly questionable about the sanctioning bodies uh, who <laughs> didn't really post Bam Rodriguez as the WBC champion when <laughs> when uh, they also had the franchise champion there, Juan Francisco Estrada. But as we all know, oh, oh, you said they did what? Say that again. I think uh, as of right now, it doesn't show uh, Bam Rodriguez as the WBC champion. Uh, might have to be updated a little bit with uh, these other sanctioning bodies, but you know they still have uh, you know. Um, Estrada, I think as a champ. So we, we got to see how that how that sorts itself out. You know, um, e- either way, I thought that the original scheduled bout between Quadras and uh, Sol Rungvisai, like the winner of that bout, uh, could have been set up to face the winner of you know Estrada and and, and uh, Chocolatito. Yeah. Uh, if if they didn't have like another unification bout in that you know division, so hey, Bam Rodriguez, you know, could could set himself up to be, you know, uh, in there in, in against a uh, Chocolatito because I think Estrada is out if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Estrada is out. He had he, he yeah. had caught COVID. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he's out, um, and <laughs> they had to have uh, Chocolatito. Uh, face uh, Julio Cesar Martinez, who's moving, and I think he was like moving up to, you know, go ahead and face the uh, Chocolatito. So you got, you know, the world champion uh, that was there at flyweight, now going up to super flyweight. 
uh, to face Chocolatito Gonzalez. So that could be a uh, another uh, pretty good matchup that's coming up on March 5th. You know what I mean? So uh, got a lot of activity there in like, you know, 115 and 118. Of course, we know about 122 too. So um, that is like a lot of action out there uh, going on in those divisions. Um, I know that there was like, you know, more action over in the UK too, as you had uh, Chris Eubank Jr. against Liam Williams. Liam Williams was a former, you know, you know, man, do you know, I didn't, hold on one second. I just yeah. seen Todd just tweeted out the link. I looked, went to your page looking for it cause I was going to do it. And I didn't even get the notification for this live, this live, uh, stream on YouTube. Oh, word. Yeah, and if I go to your, if I go to your page and look at it, it don't even show up. Oh, that man, that's on the weird. Video. Yeah, that's weird because I I'm, I I get notifications for all your videos and I never got one for this one. Oh, word. So I mean, yeah, that's that's mad weird right there. But um, I'm gonna see here if uh, something else uh, comes up. Let me see if uh, they can add, add in uh, Jamil. You on? Yo, Jamil. Hey, how's it going? Yo, it's something up with the my my earpiece. Oh, oh word! What the issue is? Is it the yeah. AirPods? Yeah, <laughs> man. AirPods, they be going crazy on uh on the uh, well, live stream. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna come out and come back in. That's what happened last time. You come back out, come back in. Word. All right. But yeah, man. Um. Yeah, I was going to talk about the thing here with uh, Chris Eubank and, and Liam Williams, where, you know, Liam Williams in his previous fight, he fought Demetrius Andrade. Um, you know, that was, you know, for that WBO belt. And then um, now he, he was in there, Chris, Chris Eubank. And, and it looked like Chris Eubank was, uh, you know, trying to be more like a, a Roy Jones, as you've seen in like those first few rounds. Yeah. He was like, Man, I thought he was, he was like backing up and he was like, you know, you know how Roy Jones, he'll have that left hand like dragging down or whatever it is. And it'll just use that as a jab and then have the right hand. But he was like stepping back. Chris Eubank Jr. was, you know, fighting off his back foot and he caught, you know, Liam Williams a couple of times, one in the first and one in the second round uh, with, you know, either a, 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 a jab or, you know, a counter. Um, and in the first half of the fight, it just really looked like uh, Liam Williams didn't have much that he could do because he really he really couldn't hit Chris Eubank, and nope. Eubank was just countering him and touching him up and things like that. It was just that Eubank wasn't, you know, that much aggressive to really like try to put the pressure on uh, Liam Williams. Uh, so Liam Williams was able to rough it up a little bit kind of like get a couple of rounds here and there. Uh, and then he got hit, knocked down with another, got knocked down to the 11th round after about, you know, someone like him getting tripped up or whatnot. Uh, but, you know, Chris Eubank Jr. ended up getting a unanimous decision winning that fight. Um, you know, fairly good performance in the first half of the fight, kind of like Wayne in the second half of the fight. Um, and, you know, be fairly interested to see where he goes next, whether uh, it's at 160 pounds or 168. Uh, I did hear that <laughs> Billy Joe Saunders was trying to was mentioning the rematch uh, against Chris Eubank Jr., which is kind of interesting, given that you know he ended up beating Eubank Jr. in the first bout. So it's kind of strange, though. 
I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, but what, what he he was never able to hurt him. He he hurt him quick. He he hurt him twice, and then he mm -hmm. was never able to hurt him again after that. Yeah. Yeah, and and I don't know if it's something that they have to work on a little bit more. Roy Jones there and 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 Chris Eubank, but um, you know, we was trying a few things. He was trying to you know, putting them uppercuts, you know, like how uh, yeah. Roy Jones does. But there are other times when Chris Eubank was throwing shots and he was missing them bad and he'll be like going all over the place. Like like, I'm like, come on, man. Like, what's going on with that? Man, you know, Eubank, Eubank, he just never really, he, he never seemed like he never really learned how to box. He's not a, he's not a smart boxer. But the boy, he got a, he got a good gas tank. He got a good chin. He's athletic. You know what I'm saying? He's fast. He's he has all the tools to be a good boxer if he actually right. learn how to box. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because the physical in, tools are there. The physical yeah, tools they are. are there. They are. Um. In like me. I said, like I, I I felt like you know years <laughs> ago he should have beat George Groves. I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I'm like, come on, man. You gotta be some. You gotta be George Groves. At the very least, you got to beat George Groves. George Groves was pretty much like on his way out, as we've seen as after he fought Colin Smith. He was pretty much out of out of there. Um, and you couldn't even beat, you know, George Groves. So that was that was kind of like a bad look right there. Um, Want to uh, bring in another guest in here, checking in uh, from the ATL. It's the boxing academic in the building. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How y'all doing tonight? What's good? You all right? <clears throat> yeah, doing pretty well. Man, when you just gonna come on? Week. When you gonna come on Twitter, man? You you can't. You just stuck on YouTube. We keep telling you get on Twitter. Uh, I, I think I'm too uh, too square to be on Twitter. He ain't too square to be on Twitter. I'm I'm, I'm giving myself that that uh that label so so you know people don't accept me on Twitter. I, I, like I just I, I'm okay with this because you know. You seem like a cool dude, you know what I'm saying? And so I like talking boxing with you. I can tell you have, you know, a pretty cerebral brain. And I mean, when you get to you get to more of the uh can't see your face and you know Yeah, yeah. Twitter, whatever, <laughs> it's just a bunch of people talking and that that really it annoys me, you know. Like man, I ignore I ignore most of them people, to tell you the truth, man. <laughs> I ignore most I, I talk to the same couple of people. But that's fair. I'll, I'll give it a try. Have... I like you know, there are times that we have controlled conversations yep. on the Twitter and Twitter spaces. And so, you know, like when when Lefty, you know, does his uh, things, Twitter spaces there with interviews, uh, you know, like uh, when we had Calvin Ford, Coach Calvin and Coach Kenny on uh, last week, you know, we, it, it's very controlled or, or Tevin Farmer is very controlled. So you could join in those type of things. You know what I mean? OK, yeah, I'll create a uh, channel and, uh, you know, at least join some. I can't. Knock it unless I try. Yep. It's true. It's true. Yep. We we got a thriving black Twitter boxing community over there. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. Uh, JR been telling me for a while. He's been telling me for a while, but I just been kind of like, uh, do I want? Yeah, we can, we, we kind of stick together. We don't, we don't, you know. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's yeah. the same core, sort of like the same, same group. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. That makes sense. Y'all mind if I give my commentary? I heard the oh, tailgate of uh, of yours when you were when you were explaining, like you know, all the attributes, the positive attributes that would make one think that you know 
he should sort of be farther than further than than what he is, further than what he is. What I saw yesterday was a what's the, like I want to say carbon copy, but what's the cheap form of carbon copy? Knockoff. I, I was trying to be be slick with my words here, but knockoff. I saw uh. You know the, the the generic version that that looks like it, but then when you like hold it up or you like touch it or something, it'll break apart. I saw that generic version, knockoff version. Thank you, Jr. of of Roy Jones's style. Will you will you, you order so Roy Jones off? Come no, again. I say, when you order Roy Jones off Wish.com, that's what you saw. When you order my <laughs> Wish.com, and the thing is, so. One of y'all mentioned that he was missing extremely bad. And, you know, it was a lot of times where he, he would swing and he would be off balance, miss real bad. He probably swung around and almost fell one time. Mm -hmm. When Roy Jones used to do that, Roy got away because of his quickness, his speed. And everybody knows this. Once that speed went away, he like he looked like a totally different fighter. This ain't even about Roy Jones. All I'm saying is if you're going to do that style, you gotta be, you gotta be like Dion running a four two and everybody else running a four four. You know what I'm saying? Which yeah. is what my equivalent to Roy Jones was in the boxing. He was so fast. Like over time, um, Bernard Hopkins was the better fighter. When they had that second or third fight, it it was no it was no uh, contest because Bernard Hopkins was was su such the superior fighter when. The um, the uh, attributes, the talent attributes were were equal because, you know, the skill just took over. So I was kind of disappointed that that they were sort of mimicking that style of Roy Jones. And mm -hmm. uh, you could say it might have worked or whatever, but it's just he, he already like you're right. He got a good motor. He, um, I, I forgot the other positive thing you said, but good, I agree. Good chance, good, good chance. You know, good, but, uh, good, good speed. He got all the athletic quality. Yeah, he got all the athletic prowess and and just the good things. But even in those fights, to me, his fights were sort of. Um, do you remember in Badu Jack's the beginning of Badu Jack's career, where he would have fights? And all his fights were sort of like end and tie. Yeah. So what's his name? Chris Eubank, to me, his fighting style was very similar to that. Well, a lot of his fights were so dang close that, it, you know, he didn't separate himself. And it wasn't until Badu Jack, like, used his best attribute, which was his win, to, like, crank the pace up on people to where he would drown people after round six. And that's what made Badu Jack very lethal and took him to the next level to me. That's when I was like, dang, Badu Jack is a respectable fighter. Some of them, a lot of them losses, I questioned whether he lost or whatever, but, you know, I, I just, that style for, for Eubank, man, it just, it was disappointing to me. And it, you know, the knockoff version of Roy Jones, he's talented. I'm not trying to knock, knock his, his win, but it just was, it was a bit distasteful to me. Mm. Now, Jamil is uh, back on, I think. Uh, Jamil, uh, were you, you know, you got that uh, Eubank-Williams uh, fight. Uh, what you think of Eubank and, and his performance? 
Bro, is, is that a fight that we needed? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. Okay. Williams yeah. loses, to, loses to Andre, and then he gets – Eubanks is like, why couldn't we get Andre versus Eubanks? That's an intriguing fight. Andre like, Eubanks turned it down when he when he signed that deal with a uh, boxer with Sky Sports. Hey yo, I've never seen so many dudes right, and I understand this is the business of boxing, and you have to like whatever deal is best for you because yeah. it's a lot of belts is worn down. But I've never seen so many dudes turn down title shots in my fucking life, bro. Like I'm not even representing my brand today, so I'm gonna go in, man. Jaime, <laughs> Brian yeah. Garcia, Eubanks. It's like, yeah, oh, Eubanks. You're like you've never been a world champion. The IBO shit do not count, bro. <laughs> like, you've never been a world champion. Like I gotta get that. I at least gotta get one of those before I just start completely, completely focusing on the bread. Yeah, Word. but Andre versus Eubanks is a, is a good fight. Andre versus Charlo's a good. Good fight. Eubanks versus Charlo's a good fight. These are all fights that should have happened, but no, they fight Liam, 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 Zach Parker, and Figgy Butts. And, not, and now they're trying to make uh, Billy Joe Saunders and uh, Eubanks. Eubank. Again? Yes. That's, yeah. I was just talking about that. Yeah, we were just and talking about it. And then Saunders is the one chasing Eubanks. Nigga, you already beat him. Why are you chasing a dude you already beat? I don't understand that. Yo, because, because Saunders is cold in the street. He's frigid. It's like, yo, yo, the UK is like the home of fights that nobody else cares about. Like, <laughs> Amir Khan versus Kel Brooks. Hey, hold on. I like that. I like that. I like that fight. Bro, <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question, right? You say you like that fight, right? Mm-hmm. So I can interest you in Andre Berto versus Victor Ortiz because that's the equivalent of that fight. No, nah, not no. But if you said Victor Ortiz no. versus uh uh Van Van Rios, yeah, you can interest me in that fight. No, nah, what about what about when Victor Ortiz faced uh Guerrero? What did you think Yo, about? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't interested in that fight. No, you know what's funny? I mean, I don't have a problem with wash fights. I mean, you know, fun fun wash fights. I will watch a fun wash fight. No. They ain't messing up the division, you know. No, I, I got no problem with him, but what I'm saying is this, right? Dudes complain when if PBC throws that fight, right? But yeah, that's true. But they'll they'll run to the uh, to the box office. I'm your kind, bro. He quit against Terrence Crawford. Like how many times I'm your kind been baptized? Like for real. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm your kind versus Cook is the land of broken toys, yo. The land of misforgotten, misforgotten. Who it was? And it's the, the big, it's the biggest fight in the UK. They they say they should have had it at a bigger venue and sold out so fast. Oh, that tells you everything you need to know about UK boxing. Listen, as long if they have those fights, but only with the stipulation of a loser leaves town, then okay, I'm I'm with it. Or a loser, or it's a, a, a retirement match like you know Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. WWE, <laughs> you know. But if it ain't like that, then <laughs> I got one. I got one. This might not be good, but I got one. All Victor right. Ortiz, Floyd Mayweather too. Ah hell no. Nah. <laughs> Floyd is still with him, but give me Victor Ortiz versus Bam Bam Rios. I'll watch that. Yeah. Bam Bam Rios like two forty right now, bro. <laughs> Where's where uh 
Jeez, man. Yeah, that would, that would be nuts, man. Give me Colazzo versus Guerrero on the undercard. Give me a whole yeah, wash card. Give me a whole wash card. I'm watching this. <laughs> Bunch of old heads just slugging it hey, out. Hey, put it on versus. Put it on, put it on versus. <laughs> Yo, I, I want to uh, touch on Keith real fast, right? Word. All right. So. I'm I'm on social media today, and I'm seeing the same dudes who's picking Barrios to beat Keith is now clowning Keith for not stopping Barrios, not Barrios. and then they're like, "Oh, well, take take would have stopped him in ten hours." Gloves? No, he wouldn't have. It's like you, I can tell who is actually boxed or who has boxing knowledge that they don't understand the significance of switching from eight ounce to ten ounce gloves. It's a big difference. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference in power. Ten ounce gloves is for big men. It's for a certain size of man. And like, and then when Mario Barrios tried to act like it was Keith that requested the tens, like, bro, I'm not stupid. Only guys that don't like PBC would really fall for that. Like, bro, I'm not stupid. I know that it benefits you, the smaller man moving up, to fight with bigger gloves. Because that dude is a puncher. And as you can see from your nose, if these have been eights, you like you would have been in the hospital for a couple of days, bro. Yeah. You would have he probably would have had some issues breathing or something because I mean know. he already gonna be in the hospital. His nose was broke. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, so what did y'all think of, of Chief like the, the performance, how he looked? How sharp he was, speed, power, like what it would like where do you place him at now? Oh uh Mike, you could uh jump in on that. Well, I, I quasi agree with one of those guys' list that they put up. Um I don't remember which one, but so Keith Thurman, what what I thought I saw in the beginning of the fight. And I said this in our little chat, me and uh, the Boxing Sources chat with a couple other people. I was like, there's levels for a reason. And I, if, if the fight, the trend was going the way it was, I felt like Virgil Hunter would have stopped the fight. You know, at one point, it like the tides was coming for what's his name and that he was about to be drowned. Um, the body shot was well-timed and pretty much saved him the same way you know, it saved Manny Pacquiao because Keith Thurman, he wasn't on the verge of stopping Manny Pacquiao, but, you know, he had a lot of uh, momentum. He had a lot of momentum. Yeah, he won the last four rounds. Yeah, he had a lot of momentum, and that stopped him in his checks. So with his performance, I used to love Keith Thurman. I still love Keith Thurman, but he's, he's, he's flawed, and so his flaws make him beatable by the top guys. Top guys mean uh, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, one and two. Um, boots, yes, but I'm not going to put Boots in the conversation because Boots got to beat his equivalent of Luis Colazzo. You know what I'm saying? He got to beat the guy who, who, like, Luis Colazzo is a non-existent factor, right? But I'm saying he got to beat that equivalent of what Luis Colazzo was years ago before he gets into the conversation like like yes he's ready but I feel like Boots got to pay his dues 
So by that alone, he I can't put him over Keith Thurman. Does he beat Keith Thurman? Yes. But I I personally feel like people gotta pay their dues. So well, Keith, Keith Thurman not jabbing. That that's one thing that he he has lapses in in his style that he just just only hooks. And again, um uh Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford too, less of a of a, an extent, because Terrence don't be jabbing too. But Errol Spence is gonna take advantage of him hooking and not jabbing. And then we all know his lack of resistance to body shots is probably going to be his Achilles heels in those fights. Because if they both of those two guys fight him and that's not a part of their game plan, Errol Spence, we already know it's going to be a part of his game plan. But if it's not a part of Terrence Crawford's game plan, I would be thoroughly upset with his team. So, yeah. Uh, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, Keith Thurman, uh, Boots, and whoever else after that. Hey, the, the funny thing is, right, you said that Keith's a flawed fighter, right, which is the, the God on the truth. All them dudes is flawed. People have this, this view of Terrence Crawford and Earl Smith. It's not reality. Terrence Crawford has a lot of holes defensively. Like he's, he leaves a lot to be desired. Um, Earl Spence is very consistent but basic, right? No special effects, not really a sharp counterpuncher or anything like that. It's the, it's the jab. It's the straight. And so I close distance, then I'm working your body. That's Earl Spence in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So all of these, like none of these dudes are really special. And all of them can be beat. All of them. But let me ask you this, Jamil. Those two guys is flaws. So let me add in one caveat. Of those two, who do I think is more prone to be beat? Terrence Crawford. Because like you said, he has the greater defensive woes. And Keith Thurman, one thing I thought positive of Keith Thurman is that he said in his little pre-fight interview, you know, when I thought about the Manny Pacquiao fight, it came to me, blah, 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 blah. I need to throw more punches. And you saw him implement a game plan where he literally was committed to throwing more punches. Did some of those punches put him at risk? Yeah. But he definitely was not losing the punching battle. And he was throwing hard shots, throwing more of those shots. Um... Terrence Crawford is more susceptible to getting hidden with those shots, but mm. I, I, I think this is what I was going to ask you. Do you think Errol Spence's positives, which is his jab and body shot, well, dang, he left, are, mm. are what will um, will be uh, Keith Thurman, is, is, is Keith Thurman's biggest Achilles heel? That's all I'm saying. His his weakness is is their strength, which to me does not bode well for him because mm. it's already tough to just fight them in a one on one battle. But but when he when you throw in that the body and you know that's going to be a body attack, I just don't see if they start from round one how he overcomes the pain from the body as well as win unless he gets some knockdowns, which could again happen on Terrence Crawford. Errol Spence, I, I just I just can't say on that one. Yeah, I think the thing with Keith Thurman, um, you know, from a matchup standpoint, when, when you talk about those two fighters, Errol Spence and, and Terrence Crawford, uh, particularly where Errol Spence is, one, if Keith Thurman has a better jab than Errol Spence, if he doesn't, that's problem number one. He would have to, like, 
figure out a way to either try to be a good counterpuncher or try to move his head around a little bit to, you know, kind of like nullify the jab of Errol Spence. Number two is Errol Spence kind of like works off that right jab in order to come inside and then work the body or work the left hands in. Uh, so if, you know, Keith Thurman gets himself into a situation where he's fighting in close quarters and he's open to a lot of the body shots that Errol Spence throws, then, you know, that could, uh, you know, uh, kind of like signify for a long night uh, for Keith Thurman. It could, you know, pretty much be a little bit similar to uh, Errol Spence's fight against Danny Garcia, where Danny Garcia kind of like started a little bit good, but he ended up getting discouraged because he really couldn't affect uh, Errol Spence. He couldn't really gauge the distance against Errol Spence. And Errol Spence was, you know, much more accurate and much more precise in his punches. So for like that tail end of the fight, it just looked like Danny Garcia was just trying to get through the motions and, and kind of get through that particular fight without, you know, seriously getting hurt. And that could be the same case uh, for Keith Thurman if he ends up fighting Errol Spence. If Errol Spence defeats Jordanis Ugas uh, for the WBC, IBF, and WBA titles. Uh, on, on the side of Terrence Crawford, Terrence Crawford is more, like you said, he has those defensive, you know, deficiencies it, it seems, but he also works off of trying to be a counterpuncher and also, you know, trying to be, you know, a switch hitter as far as like coming in orthodox or coming in southpaw and giving his opponent different looks. Uh, he he would be able to do that against Keith Thurman. How would Keith Thurman be able to adjust to uh, 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 Terrence Crawford who could, you know, just come in and then just throw him off with like a southpaw sense and start throwing right jabs like they could, you know, have equal power as, you know, with a left jab. So those are the things that Keith Thurman would have to deal with if he does end up fighting uh, one of those two fighters, uh, depending on what happens here with Errol Spence and Jordanus Ugas and whatnot. Uh, he might, you know, maybe he fights Jordanus Ugas. Who knows, you know. Um, but, you know, with Keith Thurman, uh, like I said, I, I like to see uh, what they kind of like say as far as like, how many people kind of like tuned in to viewed or talked about the fight and how much, uh, you know, social media interaction was taking place while Keith Thurman was fighting because he, he, uh, you know, is one of those guys that, you know, kind of like brings in a lot of interest in the welterweight division. So, you know, we're trying to see like how he is viewed as far as like uh, fans are concerned and, you know, other people that, you know, want to, I get interested in the sport and maybe Keith Thurman could, you know, boost a few things there when it comes to the sport of boxing. But, you know, I kind of like see uh, Keith Thurman trying to put himself in position for a big fight later on this year. Like I said earlier, it could be either September or October uh, for a world title. So, you know, that remains to be seen on that. Um, you know, I did talk about uh, the thing there with uh, Chris Eubank Jr. and uh, Liam Williams. You also did have a little uh, thing there in the co-feature about uh, Clarissa Shields, you know, part of the uh, multi-fight, um, you know, million-dollar deal. Uh, had her first fight against Emma Kozen. Uh, did it get a, like, a clean, sweet victory, 100-90 to 90, uh, for the unified middleweight titles. Um, pretty much setting her up to facing Savannah Marshall. Savannah Marshall has a uh, title defense. I think that's uh, taking place in uh, March. Uh, before those two uh, do uh, get in the fight, um, you know, Clarissa Shields, you know, pretty much just went through 
uh, a fighter that was, you know, like 21 wins, zero losses and one draw, but, you know, really didn't face um, anyone in the caliber of Clarissa Shields and wasn't even close. Uh, so it just ended up being just her being well overmatched. Um, after the fight, uh, you did have Clarissa Shields, you know, talking about, you know, what's coming up. Uh, they did have uh, Savannah Marshall there, uh, you know, at, at the uh, venue watching the fight. Uh, so they're trying to build up that particular matchup uh, there as one of those, you know, bigger fights there in, in women's boxing. Of course, you, you know, have uh, what's coming up on April 30th uh, with Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano uh, there in the lightweight division or whatnot. So, uh, but here with um, Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall, you know, of course, bringing up that uh, what rivalry or whatever it is where, uh, Savannah Marshall scored a win over Clarissa Shields, giving her only a loss in the amateurs, while Savannah Marshall lost like 15, 18 times or whatever it is. Uh, but, you know, the uh, thing about it is, is that, you know, at least when it comes to, you know, women's boxing, they're, they're starting to have more and more of these fights that, you know, have a lot on the line, either it's for like undisputed titles or, you know, uh, a very big fight, like I said, with uh, Taylor versus Serrano, that's an undisputed a world title match. Um, in that particular card, you're going to have Franchon Cruz discern against Eden Sederuz for the undisputed world titles at Super Middleweight. Hopefully I could, you know, uh, talk with Franchon Cruz discern about that particular fight uh, here in the near future. But there's like a lot of action going on in women's boxing and whatnot. And I'm kind of you know, glad that one particular person is not with us or on with us at this particular point because they probably wouldn't be all too uh, hot that I was uh, speaking about that. But uh, that, but I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of those big fights that are coming up in the sport of women's boxing that could, you know, really build the sport and get the sport to, you know, uh, higher levels uh, here in uh, 2022. So there's that. Um Trying to see, um, you know, what else is out there uh, in in uh, that's coming up. Uh, and Lefty, you got uh, you got anything here that you might be uh, looking at outside of this uh, Con versus Brook in a couple weeks? Uh, may 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 seem like uh, Lefty is. Uh, I think Lefty is uh, busy uh, making some chicken right now, so he he, he might be uh, on, on some different things. But, you know, like I said, you have uh, American versus Kell Brook coming up February 19th. Daniel Jacobs versus John Ryder is on February 12th. Um, you have, of course, one of the fighters that <laughs> often declines a world title shot and Jaime Munguia. Uh, facing Demetrius Ballard on uh, February 19th. Jorge Linares is uh, facing Zaru Abdullayev on the 19th as well, which is uh, uh, pretty interesting there. And uh, you do have on the 26th, Josh Taylor defending his titles against Jack Catterall. And uh, Roger Gutierrez versus primetime Chris Colbert is on February 26th as well. That's going to be for the WBA version of the 130-pound uh, title. And Chris Colbert is, you know, one of the uh, fighters out there that did say, like, after he says that he's going to, that he would score a win against Gutierrez, that he would be open to uh, putting out a challenge to former WBC featherweight champion Gary Russell Jr. So 
Uh, that's um, you know a, a lot of action there that's coming up uh, you know here in the in the next few weeks and whatnot. But you know outside of that, man, um, you know there's pretty much uh, I pretty much like cover most of everything that's going on right now. Uh, I know that they you know had like um, the deposit uh, for that purse bid of Tyson Fury versus Jalen White uh, take place too. So you pretty much like had four point one million dollars. Uh, deposited uh, for that particular fight. Uh, we got to see when they will, you know, announce the date and the venue uh, for that particular bout. Um, you know, like I was saying earlier, um, it may end up being on uh, April 23rd is uh, when that fight could uh, take place. So uh, that's one thing that we're looking out for. Uh, the other thing is, I'm not too sure that we officially have uh, that unification bout that's uh, planned to happen between Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson. Um, you know, Shakur Stevenson has been out on social media talking about, hey, Oscar Valdez hasn't necessarily signed the contract yet. And then we got this date, you know, we may uh, say they got a venue ready. It's supposed to be in Las Vegas and whatnot, but look like Oscar Valdez hasn't quite uh put his name on the contract for that uh so we got to see like how how that's uh how that's going to sort itself out but um that's you know most of the news uh that's that's going on over the you know past uh you know thing there um i had had a question here in reference to the thing uh with uh jake paul you know like i said uh, you know i mentioned um amanda serrano uh, you know, of course, going up, up against Katie Taylor at Madison Square Garden, um, you know, did uh, talk with uh, Amanda Serrano briefly over at uh, Madison Square Garden when they had the uh, press conference. And, you know, that she said that Jake Paul has pretty much been uh, great for in order to, you know, make this particular fight happen uh, here against uh, Katie Taylor, as, you know, it was like about a couple years ago, they initially talked about Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano, but you know, it didn't necessarily happen um, through Amanda Serrano, who she was formerly with. And then now after get with Jake Paul, having a couple of fights on Jake Paul's cards. Now, here we are, uh, April 30th, Madison Square Garden is the first time in, you know, over uh, 120 years or so in the history of Madison Square Garden that a uh, combat sports event is headlined, you know, by uh, two women there. So, um, that shows, you know, the uh, impact, I guess, that Jake Paul has had, you know, in the sport of boxing. This is something that Lefty has uh, talked about uh, in the past is that, you know, Jake Paul is, you know, kind of like giving a couple of fighters there, you know, um, these different opportunities, whether it's, you know, signing with, you know, uh, promotional companies or getting fights that they haven't necessarily gotten uh, in the past. So, uh, here, you know, we, we got what happens with uh, Amanda Serrano now facing uh, Katie Taylor in, you know, what many say is probably the biggest fight here in women's boxing, you know. And uh, depending on how, how this is going to be pushed, I know it's the same day as what, you know, they're planning for Oscar Valdez versus Shakur Stevenson. Uh, but you're, you may have a significant amount of people that will be in attendance at Madison Square Garden for this particular fight. Um, so that's going to be big. My bad. I'm back. I'm back. 
yeah. Had to take the app. I'm babysitting this dog, man. Oh, oh. I was, I was, I was saying. Uh, I thought you were baking some, some chicken. Uh, but, no. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I did like, you know, have that conversation with Amanda Serrano, and you know, when she had uh, one, you know, one bout that was at the Hulu Theater part of the Madison Square Garden, that you know, a good amount of fans were in attendance for that uh, particular bout that she had there, you know, but. Uh, outside of that, but her being a main event here, that's like, uh, you know, really, really big uh, for her and how that, you know, being affiliated with Jake Paul has been a, uh, you know, significant factor in that. So, um, so that's like, you know, really big for her because it was like, you know, it was about three, almost three years ago that she uh, took on Heather Hardy. Uh, there at the uh, theater in Madison Square Garden. So um, that that's, you know, pretty much what it was as far as like the uh, difference that, you know, Jake Paul has in in in, in making fights like this happen uh, for, you know, uh, you know, for Amanda Serrano. So so that's uh, pretty big there in that instance. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, outside of that, um, there really isn't uh, that much else that uh, you know wanted to talk about. Um, you know, like I said, I did. You know, talk about the thing with Keith Thurman, Leo Santa Cruz, uh, Ben Rodriguez. You know, winning the world championship uh, there, um, and also the thing, like I said, Chris Eubank, uh, and the thing with Clarissa Shields. Uh, we, we may see Clarissa Shields uh, there. You know, going up against. Uh, Savannah Marshall, I think, sometime in the summer uh, over in the UK. So we got to see how that goes. You know, hope so. You know, um, anything else uh, there that you you may want to uh, talk about? Uh, I got something real quick because I just saw it. somebody just sent it to me. It was mm-hmm. talking about uh, Cambosis. Y'all talk about Cambosis and Haney? Oh, okay. No, no, no. Because that um, that was you know another person that okay. I saw. Uh, there at the press conference was Devin Haney, um, you know, and I briefly, you know, brought up the question about, you know, the thing with um, Luda Bella talk, claiming that they sent an offer to uh, Devin Haney and Devin Haney was like, you know, that was all cap, you know. Yeah. Um, now, so, somebody just showed me a video where Robert Garcia said Luda Bella called him up and made a fight with Ryan Garcia. He thought he was Roberto. <laughs> 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 he thought he was uh Roberto Diaz and he called him and said, Yeah, we want to fight Ryan Garcia. And then he called him a week later with another dude from uh with uh uh Bosa's team trying mm-hmm. to set up the fight. So yeah, they done played Devin. Devin's not getting that fight, man. They done played him. <laughs> yeah. So, that's sad to see. Yeah, I mean it's sad to see uh their man and in you know, I think it was some something else where they said that Devin Haney has to, you know, come down on his asking price. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like I like I told, you know, um Devin, I said earlier, you know, last year, pretty much at the beginning of last year, whatever it was, or going from twenty twenty into twenty twenty one, you had Peter Kahn who was talking about, oh, we could potentially have George Cambosis versus Teofimo Lopez in Australia. And this is before they even were talking about a purse bid, you know? So if y'all were claiming that you had all this money to try to, you know, make 
a fight with, you know, Teofimo Lopez, then how is it that you can't really try to do something in order to have George Cambosis in a big fight against Devin Haney for the undisputed lightweight titles? You know, I don't understand that. Yeah, me either, man. But uh, they, they because they playing around, man. They playing, they playing games. It's time for Devin just move on, man. Go to the next thing. They playing games, and it's it's just a bunch of BS, man. It's just a bunch of BS. Devin, go ahead and move on. Go to your next, your next, whatever you're doing next, Dev, because they're not trying to fight you. They run, they want to play games, man. Now, now here's now here's something with Devin Haney that you know maybe uh you know a little bit interesting there. Um, maybe he might have to say, um, you know what? It's been good working with you, Eddie Hearn, but I'm gonna have to go somewhere else, you know. And maybe, and I think it was mentioned before, maybe he could have some fights that would be under Showtime Championship Boxing. Maybe that could yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Um, maybe. Because, uh, you know, like I said, the lightweight division is a fairly deep division. And he could have a few guys that are out there in lightweight that he could, you know, go up and fight. I know that there's one particular fighter that, you know, they kind of like made a uh, little thing as far as like a pack that they, you know, may not fight each other, but there's still other guys that are out there at 135 that Devin Haney could fight, you know? So I, I'm like saying, hey, maybe he should uh, try to uh, go over to Showtime, have a couple of fights on Showtime, and build build his brand there. You know, yeah, you gotta do something, man. Because they, I, I sent you the video. You'll see it. They bullshitting him, man. They, I don't know what kind of games they playing with him, but I don't. It's time to move on, Dev. Because mm, I mean, my thing is this: like, you're gonna have Tank Davis. Um, that will eventually, you know, have a fight with, you know, maybe Roley. I know, you know, you had the uh, chicken talk uh, there with a uh, coach Calvin Ford and Coach Kenny that, you yeah. know, they're still trying to set up that particular fight. So, you know, maybe Devin Haney could go ahead and, and uh, face maybe a Michelle Rivera on Showtime. That would my I wouldn't mind saying that fight. I wouldn't mind saying that fight. You know, so that could be. Uh, but you know, Coach like, Coach Four, he was talking like th they will fight Devin last. They don't. They want to fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they camps are so uh so close together. They 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 want to fight yep. Devin last. That's what he was. Saying. Yep. Yep. So so yeah, we 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 wouldn't see like something like a Tank Davis versus a Devin Haney uh anytime soon. You know, they'll you'll most likely try to get fights with the with the other fighters there at one thirty five or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. once all of that's done, then they'll end up fighting each other. But you know, outside of that, we're we're not gonna see Tank Davis versus Devin Haney uh here in the near future there. So I mean that that's kind of like uh you know what we got uh, out there so far. So but yeah, Devin Haney's just in a tough little spot where it's like, you know, none of these other guys are coming up to fight him. Uh, you know, they had that open chance to have undisputed world title fight and they're you know dragging their feet uh as far as like trying to you know make it happen or something like that so 
I mean, if it doesn't happen, it wouldn't be that much surprise. You know, it would look like uh, Cambosis was leaning towards, you know, having an interim title fight and then maybe facing Ryan Garcia, who's going to be. And, and, and that looks like it may be the case because we had the announcement that Ryan Garcia is going to face Emmanuel Tego in April. And Emmanuel Tego is in the same camp as George Camposas. Yeah. Same guy, Peter Kahn. So if you have, you know, Ryan Garcia facing Emmanuel Tego, he ends up beating Tego, then look, you, you have something there against George Cambosis. And from a financial standpoint, that would be pretty good for George Cambosis as far as like what he's looking for because he would have the unified titles. You have Ryan Garcia, you know, one of the more popular fighters out there in the lightweight division. So you pretty much have what, what you may need right there, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's good for Lou because now Lou, Lou gets paid twice. You know, basically, you know how he is, though, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all yeah, like, like I be telling these guys, man. It's, it's, this shit is all. It's a business first and a sports second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, and and that's how it usually goes, man. And um, uh, you, that's why we end up not seeing, you know, a lot of the fights that we want to see and that type of stuff uh, because of business. And this is a clear example here where you could have had the undisputed lightweight championship, but it's likely not going to happen. Uh, because, you know, one side wants to go a different direction uh, to end up facing two guys that are managed by one particular person. And instead of uh, going ahead and facing Devin Haney for the Undisputed Lightweight Championship. So that's how that goes. Uh, But pretty much on that note, uh, we'll put it into this particular episode of the Boxing Source radio show. Thank uh, those who are joined in here for this particular conversation. Um, we got like a few things that are going to be going on over the course of the week. Um, so um, definitely want to look out for that. Uh, we're going to see if we can try to set up a couple more interviews over the course of the week. So y'all can check the YouTube channel for that. Um, and I know that we have like a couple of things going on. Uh, Lefty, I think you have something. Yeah, I got uh, Danny Roman tomorrow. If y'all have Twitter, I got an interview with Danny Roman tomorrow. Yeah, if y'all have Twitter. Yeah, uh, possibly, possibly a guy that's that's got a contract to sign later this week. One side has signed the contract. We just waiting on him to sign the contract. You know what I'm talking about. Hopefully, yeah. Shakira Stevenson. Hopefully, we get it later this yeah. week. Word, so, word. Yeah. It and I'll uh, get with you uh, later on. Um, see if we get uh, another guest on uh, there for Twitter, and then also um, you have that going on, and then also. Um, I think it's uh, Major Key Boxing uh, will have a guest, uh, you know, Lights Out Hall of Famer, Lights Out James Tony. James uh, Tony will be on that. Uh, oh, when is when is that one? When is that one? Uh, Since tomorrow the, night. He said tomorrow yeah, night, Major Key. Yep. On yeah. Twitter? No, that's on, on YouTube. YouTube. That's Troy. He right there in the comments. He say tomorrow night, James Tony. Yeah. So uh, we've got like a lot of boxing content, you know, for fans. Uh, here over the course of the week, like I said, through Chicken Talk, you got Major Key Boxing, you got Troy Graham, of course, you got the Boxing Source, and we're waiting, we are waiting for the debut of the Boxing Academic on YouTube. <laughs> so, y'all, so y'all, y'all got to look out for that, too. 
Hey, hey, you gonna follow my channel? You gonna, you gonna, uh, what is it called? Subscribe to me. To subscribe to the boxing academic. <laughs> see, see where these videos will come out. So we're gonna be checking that out too. Uh, <laughs> on that note, I'm gonna bring it close to the boxing swords radio show. Uh, like I say at the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing is to hit and not get hit. Not the standing trade. On that note, folks, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody.